message. Dear God and Heavenly Father, we are grateful for how indispensable you are to us and your Son, and also your Spirit, whose power inspires that the Word of God may be a blessing to us and the Word of God may come into reality. May the Word that He's inspired be also at work in us so that we might receive the encouragement of the Scriptures unto endurance so that, that the hope of the Gospel may ring true abundantly so as the passage tells us today in our lives. We'd ask that you'd accept our prayers for Jesus' sake. Amen. We're going to be taking a look at Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 13, especially with a focus on the last verse in that portion of God's Word, and uh, consider God's Word as our light to what we confess, uh, and today particularly our confession that we believe in the Holy Spirit, which is uh, a focal point of Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 20. Uh, we can find that particular article of the Catechism on page 27, question 53, in the back of the Psalter hymnals, um, of the blue ones that way, that way. But before we look there, we're going to be looking at the Word of the Lord, and we turn to Romans 15, these verses there that uh, speak to us, the example of Christ and the hope of Christ and the spirit of hope as well. We look at Romans 15, starting with verse 1. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance or in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice Glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again Isaiah says, the roots of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. 
thank the Lord for that portion of his word. Again, the focus on that last verse, but certainly they'll be touching on uh, the entire passage at some point during the message. But we look at Lord's Day 20 also, where it says to us about what it is that we believe concerning the Holy Spirit in question 53. And the answer that's given is, first, he, as well as the Father and the Son, is eternal God. And second, he has been given to me personally, so that by true faith, he makes me share in Christ, and all his blessings comforts me and remains with me forever. Again, we're grateful for the truth of God's word. May they indeed be an encouragement to us unto the hope of the gospel to the praise of God's glory this morning. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, you probably have heard this as much as I have, but maybe, maybe not, but you certainly have heard oftentimes when people are in a distressing time that, uh, and, and what would seem to many people to be a hopeless time, is that they would say to you, or as I've heard people say that to me oftentimes, and for my own edification, that they wouldn't know where they would be if it wasn't for their Christian faith. And the reason, of course, that we speak like that uh, is because without the Christian faith, there really isn't any, what, we, what you might call, uh, substantial hope, true hope at all. Now, we can often think, I'm sure, about things that we would consider indispensable. The food that we eat, the, the, the water that we're able to, to drink. Uh, we, we think about the medical community, and we think about the ways in which they're a blessing, and at times you'd say, well, what would we be without that medical group of people to be able to help us in various things? It happens all the time for us, where we we see that. We saw that again today, as we announce things, as we put things in the bulletin, and as we think back on those times where we've had troubles ourselves medically, you say, well, where would we be? It's kind of an indispensability that's taking place. When I think about that, and there may be other things that come to your mind that you say, well, if it wasn't for this and that, where would I be? But what if we were without God, and therefore without hope in the world? What would any of these other things that we might otherwise consider indispensable mean to us in the long run without Him? Without the God of hope? Well, when we confess the Holy Spirit and our trust in Him, it's an indispensable trust. And that's why He belongs in the confession that we make, along with the Father and with the Son. They're all indispensable to us. Because without the Spirit, we're truly without all things. Because without the Spirit, we're disconnected from Christ who's the source of all blessing, and indeed the source of our hope, as even our passage reminds us. And it's for that reason that our passage also would speak to us of the Holy Spirit as the spirit of hope. He's the spirit of hope for who he is and what he does. And we want to take a moment to reflect on that this morning, 
as we consider his divine greatness, which is dealing with who he is, and, and his divine goodness in terms of what he does. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of hope because of his divine greatness. We make that confession, don't we, that uh, as we ask the question, what do you believe concerning the Holy Spirit, that first he as well as the Father and the Son is eternal God, great, divinely so. And the hope that he provides us then, what he's able to provide us as this divine great one, is not of an earthly variety. It's not of a creational variety. It's not an empty hope. It's not an empty wish. It's not an uncertainty. It's certain hope. And such certainty that he provides can only be that way if the Holy Spirit is, with the Father and the Son, the eternal and sovereign God. Because who else could provide such a, a certainty of hope? You know, many times our idea of hope is is more in the form of a wish with no certainty. And, and that's partly uh, because of the creatureliness of who we are, the limits that we have of ourselves. You know, I hope to be able to go to my friend's home today. Well, maybe, but that might not work. I wish I had a few extra dollars in my pocket uh, today. I wish I had five extra dollars, but, but I don't. I wish I had never gotten sick, but I did. And you can either not change those things, or at best, you don't know for sure that those things are going to happen. And it's that way because we're not supreme and sovereign over all things like only God is. High school class I have today is looking at the omniscience of God, who knows everything, who knows the end from the beginning. We're not like that. But the hope that we have from the Spirit and in the Spirit is, is totally different that way. It's a hope that is 100% certain. Uh, even though the fullness of that object of hope is yet to be received. However, the Spirit in its divine power enables us to know that hope and assures us of that for which we hope. Such depth of loving ability by the Holy Spirit is because He's the third person of the divine trinity. And in that loving ability, we also see the depth of personal communion that we can have with Him by His grace. Because he's not just some impersonal force. He's not merely some expression of the Father's will or the Son's. He personally works his divine power in the life of his own. I mean, we make that confession after all. He, he deals with me personally. He has given to me personally. That's what he's done. He's done it in a personal manner. He proceeds from the Father and the Son who, who send Him as a comforter for His people. And in that way, He's distinguished from them, but He's also equal to them in divine greatness. And if He was not that way, then the hope that He would give would do us no good. 
at least not on a divine level. It, it would be cheapened. It, it wouldn't be any better than the wishes of our lives. It would be no better than uh, than being like the world can be. Well, I, I'm hoping, or even in the times of our lives, you know, I hope this is going to work out for me. And if that was the case, then then it, then because then it would be like like where we're out without God that way. If, if that's all the Spirit can do for us is, is to do so on a, on a creaturely level, we'd be without the living hope, the certain hope that's indispensable for life, that's kept in heaven for us. What, what what's attributed to the divine can therefore be attributed to Him, because He's divine. And that's true. We sang about that a moment ago. You know, about He made everything, He's renewed us, and He fills us with the hope of the future, too. Regarding creation, it's the Spirit of God who makes life to abound. Regarding the Word of God, particularly here when we read that the Scriptures give hope and the Spirit gives hope, it's the Spirit who breathes the Word of God out into an inspirational being. The Word of God is the Word of Christ, is the Word of the Spirit, then. And therefore, the hope of God and the hope of Christ is the hope of the Spirit, then. <coughs> While Christ accomplishes redemption as the divine Son of God sent by the Father, it's the Spirit of God who applies that redemption to the lives of His own. And Scripture never speaks of the Spirit in any other way than who He is. But the Father and the Son, the one eternal God, and His and so it's not just the grace of the Lord Jesus that we need or the love of God the Father, but it's the communion of the Holy Spirit so that we can be able to say the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And we say that in faith, but we say that in hope. Because even if the mountains were to fall into the heart of the sea, we would still be able to say that God is our refuge and our strength. Only because the Spirit is great can we do that. Only because the Spirit is great in this divine way can we speak of Him as the Spirit of hope. But then we can also speak of Him as the Spirit of hope because everything that He does for us brings hope into our lives. Everything He does for us is for our good. And it arises from His goodness. So we trust in the, in the Holy Spirit indispensably because of His divine greatness, but also because of His divine goodness. The Catechism covers that idea well. Think, for instance, about what the Catechism says about how the Spirit works faith in me so that I confess Christ. He uses His Word as His means to work that faith in me as well as to encourage me in the hope of the gospel. And that's so much the essence of what we read in the scripture. If the Spirit were not at work in us, so that we would say, Jesus is Lord, then we'd never say it. We would, in essence, only say, Jesus is cursed, or, or Jesus is irrelevant, or I don't care about Jesus Christ, or I'm going to mock Jesus Christ, or he's secondary in my life. Or he has no place in my life. Instead, we know that if we are a people, or if 
you're a person who believes that Jesus is Lord and Savior in your life, well, that means that God the Spirit is with you. And He's working with you. And He's consoling you. And if God's with us and, and for us like that, then, then who or what can be against us? Time? Future? The present? The past? Anything in all creation? No wonder He's the Spirit of hope. And because of the Holy Spirit, hope breeds hope. When the Spirit has moved us to confession, then we know the hope of everlasting life. But when the Spirit is with us, you see, then we can be encouraged to know that in the midst of those things that would otherwise seek to breed hopelessness in our lives, the Spirit of hope will be there to see us through those trying times. Because He, with His hope, is more powerful than those hopeless things. Similarly to what we hear John say, that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. The Spirit indeed breeds hope, and he does that in so many other ways. He reminds us of the many blessings that we have when we are now connected to Christ. And he does that through his word. He reminds us that there are more than can be told, Psalm 40. He himself is a very deposit of the eternal hope that we have in Christ. He's like the first down payment of the lavish riches that are to come. Because he's made us new creatures already in Christ. When we confess Christ as Savior and as we await the new heavens and the earth. He's the seal of God to us. His word is sufficient, as our passage reminds us, as a hope for us, that we might have hope. Because the scriptures, Old Testament and New, says the passage, are, are written, are intended to encourage us in our hope and in our enduring love for God and his people. But the Spirit is also working as a confirming seal. Like someone who has put his seal of authority upon our hearts and testifying to us that we belong to God eternally, and that nothing will separate us from His love. And then the Spirit uses others to breed hope in you and others. When we take the lessons of the Spirit-breathed Scriptures to heart, then we can be a blessing to those who need our blessing so that they can be encouraged in their faith. Our passage calls us, doesn't it, after all, to please others in the faith. To show forbearance to those who may not be as, as mature as we are. Not to be snotty towards them, not to be snobby towards them, but to be forbearing towards them. And why to do that? Because seeking to please them, that's in your mindset. You're looking at your, the people around you and you say, well, I want to make sure I please them, not to the point, of course, that you're not going to believe God, but to please them in a Christ-like manner is indeed Christ-like. Because we know, of course, that Christ came to please others. 
and not himself. And why? So we might have hope. And you know how that goes, don't you? If you think about that, I mean, the boys and girls can appreciate this. You know, if, if they're good to their, their, their siblings, if they're good to their brothers and sisters, if, if they please their parents, that's encouraging. It's discouraging when that doesn't happen. And discouragement breeds hopelessness. But when you're pleasing others, that encourages others. When that's your mindset, that's, that's, a, that's a taking away from yourself and a giving to somebody else so that they can be edified. Encouraging others then, in turn, when you're encouraged, that's like the coal to the, to the, to the engine that stokes endurance. If you're encouraged, you can carry on. And endurance is a fruit of the hope of Christ that doesn't disappoint. The hope of God, the spirit of hope. I mean, we talk about the fruit of the spirit, but that's, that's really one of them too. You endure. And you endure because you're encouraged and you're in part encouraged because other people are helping you along in that way by the spirit of God. Associating hope with Scripture makes all the sense in the world when, when we see that the hope of the Scripture, as our passage speaks about, is the hope of the Spirit. The hope of the Spirit makes all the sense in the world when we understand that the hope of the Spirit is not just what points to eternity, but that the Spirit Himself will be with us for eternity. It's no wonder He's known as the Spirit of hope. Even as we know our God in Jesus Christ is the God of hope. We make the confession that he'll be with us always, everlastingly. And so you see, the Spirit then is not just the one who gives us hope. He is our hope. Without the Spirit, we wouldn't be alive physically. Without the Spirit, we wouldn't be quickened unto new life spiritually that we would make the good confession of Jesus Christ and dwell on all the blessings that he's given to us, which would be of hopeful uh, significance to us. Without the Spirit, we wouldn't be able to live the sanctified life to which we've been called, where we can seek to please others, which in turn can make them encourage, which in turn would make them endure, which in turn would make them filled with hope. But without the Spirit, we also wouldn't know the eternal life to which we're appointed and which we're anticipating, which gives us hope. And that's so not only because we already know eternal life through the Spirit of Christ, but also because the resurrected life is empowered by the very same Spirit who makes us make the good confession of Christ unto justification, allows us to, to live the new life in sanctification, so in resurrection we'll know glorification. The Bible says that when we're sown an earthly body, we will be raised a heavenly body. When we're buried physically, we're raised to a spiritual body. That is a body that is empowered by the very same Spirit that has already given us a foretaste of that new life by the endowment of the Father and the Son. He is the Spirit 
by which we are empowered to hope. He is the Spirit whose fullness in our life is, life is our hope. And we all need that hope. And as our passage says, to have that hope in abundance. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. It's the most precious. Because without that hope, without that Spirit working that hope through His Word, we're devoid of it. But we can know that hope through the Scripture that we read. That's why your Bibles should be open in your houses. And not just decoration. There needs to be time for that. Why they were given to us for our encouragement that we might know hope through the Holy Spirit who inspired it and through the Holy Spirit who works in us. And the word's enduring is, is designed to encourage so that people who trust the word will endure and be encouraged. Faith, hope, Christ-like love to the praise of God. And others can hear the word as it calls them to be of encouragement to others in the family of faith. It may be by the proclamation of the word to which this encouragement comes. You know, we're, we can be thankful for that 104 times every year. Not including holidays. But it may also be in the ways that you carry out the word in the fashion of Christ who came. Not to be pleased. Not where you're thinking in your life and I'm thinking in my life that what life's all about is that I'm pleased. But to please. So his own may have hope. So easy, isn't it, for, I, I, for, my, for myself as well? To think that life is about others pleasing me. No, that's not what my life's about, is it? My life is to please others as Christ pleased me. Remarkable that he did this. And to please them so that they might be encouraged, they might be encouraged so that they might endure, but they might endure so that they might have hope. And the way you get off yourself and you know you you get onto others. But in any of these ways, the Lord uses these means so that as the passage tells us, Jew or Gentile, God's people might have their hope filled unto the praise of God's glory. But that's the bottom line ultimately, isn't it? So God will be praised in our lives and other people's lives as His people will be able to carry on in the faith of the Lord. And those are the ways that the Spirit seeks to bless His people. These are the ways the Spirit uses His Word to build hope in people's lives. We trust the Holy Spirit as we do the Father and the Son because He along with the Father and the Son is the eternal God. And we trust the Holy Spirit as God's people because we recognize where would we be without Him? He's indispensable. 
We would be without faith in Christ unto justification. We wouldn't be right with God. We would, we would be without love unto sanctification where we wouldn't, our, 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 our sense of what we want to be about is not about pleasing our others, but pleasing ourselves. We'd be without that. And we would be without hope unto glorification. We wouldn't have the hope in what would otherwise be hopeless time, because what we would dwell on is not on the Spirit dwelling in us, but we dwell on the hopelessness of a world that's without God and without hope. That's not our calling. Our calling is to dwell on the hope that we have through the presence of the Spirit of God alone that He gives to us in Christ. We wouldn't know the hope that the endurance, encouragement of spirit-breathed scriptures would give. We'd leave our Bible shut. And then we wouldn't have any hope at all. Because we're not looking at the world and we're not looking at ourselves through the Word. Who can truly live then with such a hopelessness, devoid of the Spirit, devoid of the Word? Nobody can. Through the Holy Spirit, we don't have to live like that. We don't have to live without hope. We can live with it. And as our pastor says, live with it in abundance. As we hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And as we respond to it by the blessing of the Spirit in faith, hope, and love. And I pray that such will be the trust in the Holy Spirit that encourages us today as we hear the call to endure in the hope of the Scripture and the hope of the Spirit of Christ. Amen. Let's take a few seconds to uh, respond to God's Word in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we come again thanking you for the revelation in your word of how important the Holy Spirit is, indispensable to us, to be part of our confession of indispensable trust in him, along with you and the Son, who all give us hope. And we would pray, Lord, that as we dwell on your word, you encourage us so that we might endure, we might in turn be reflections of Christ, not seeking to please ourselves as it is to please others for their encouragement and their endurance, even as we've been encouraged to endurance and to hope in our own lives through the Word, through the Spirit, through the Gospel of Jesus Christ. May we find ourselves then rejoicing in the divine greatness and goodness of the Holy Spirit and that we might abound then in the hope that he gives to us for who he is and what he allows us to be in Jesus Christ. We accept our prayers for Jesus' sake. Amen. We're going to sing number three.